It's the most wonderful time. Yeah, I guess that's a matter of perspective. Not so much for me. Not a big fan of the holidays. I've discussed this ad nauseum in previous episodes. Don't like celebrating birthdays or pretty much any holiday for that matter. They're all really just a calendar obligation to celebrate something that maybe isn't that big of a deal. Or maybe you don't want to celebrate. You know, maybe your dad is a piece of shit, yet you still have to pick up the phone and say, Happy Father's Day. Every Father's Day so you don't feel like a piece of shit son on the backside. Maybe you have a toddler that has been absolutely fucking awful this year. You're still going to feel inclined to buy them presents for Christmas so you don't feel like a shitty parent. It is all an obligation. Do not consider it to be anything less. And this time of year, at least where I live, I mean, well, first off, here are some reasons why I'm not a big fan of Christmas time. First off, in Ohio, it's colder than a dead witch's titty in a brass brassiere. And the weather sucks sweaty balls, which also means the weather creates poor traffic conditions or just idiot drivers. It's a time that all of the stores, well, everything, you know, the stock is completely weird. There's all these things in stock that would normally never be in stock because they're seasonal or holiday-based purchases. Or the things that you really want, just can't find them because everybody's buying them because it's a fucking obligation. You're part of a club. It's called society. I'm not a big fan of the idea of just having to buy things for people just out of obligation on a calendar. Even with my own kids, you know, I mean, I still do because I don't want to feel like a shitty parent, but... But I don't like the fact that I'm obligated. I would much rather buy them things or do nice things for them throughout the course of the year and reward amazing behavior or accomplishments in their life than just, hey, look, it's December 25th. There's a bunch of shit that I just spent money on that, I don't know, you may never use. And of course, that's always the gamble with buying gifts for people, even the people you know better than anyone, like your own kids. How many times have you bought something for a child that got touched once or never? Happens way more often than one would think. We all go in with these great intentions. Oh, they're going to love this. And then the one little cheap thing that you bought that you didn't put any really thought into, that's the thing that they really love and takes all of their attention away from the shit that you were certain they were going to love. All that to say, bah fucking humbug, kiss my ass, and go to hell. Which, that's actually a lyric from a comedy Christmas album I made years ago. I will actually end this episode with bah effing humbug, just so you guys don't think I'm a total asshole that just said that. That's actually from a song I wrote and recorded years and years ago. Decades ago. So, this episode is not what I would call a holiday Christmas special. Yes, it is about things related to Santa Claus and the origins of the jolly old fat man, but it's definitely nothing like a holiday special like I did last year, which was very theatrical and produced. And in fact, I really loved that special so much. It was only like 15 or 16 minutes long. So, when I am done with this episode, I'm going to plug that in for y'all to be able to take a listen to without having to go back and find it in the older podcast episode. Now, while I do not consider this a holiday special, I do fully expect that this will be released and ready to go on or probably before Christmas. So maybe even Friday or Saturday. Right now it is Sunday, one week before Christmas, Sunday, December 18th. But that's also a cool thing, you know, for those of you who are diehard listeners, you know that very recently, just a couple episodes ago, I kind of made a shift in doing a weekly every Monday morning release of a podcast just because it was getting really taxing. But I've gone to, you know what, I'm just going to do... 
you know, maybe two to three a month and not feel so stressed about it because it's not like I'm getting paid for it. I do love doing it, but I have plenty of other shit to do. And much of that shit actually pays me. That said, though, I do want to point out that this will be the third, technically, the third episode that I will be releasing in the month of December. So while, yes, I am not doing the weekly thing, you're not missing out on that much content. Also, this allows me to just feel free to put out an episode on like a Thursday or a Friday when a holiday falls on a Sunday, because otherwise, if I wanted to do a Santa Claus episode and I was still weekly, this would have to be done and uploaded by tonight because it would need to release on Monday. Because then by next Monday, it would be the day after Christmas. And well, I guess it's not as relevant anymore. Now I have to have stuff about New Year's. You just bored the shit out of everyone, Jeff. Thank you. I do have my kids coming over on Friday. We're going to do our little Christmas get together two days before Christmas. It just seemed easier with things they might have going on with their mom's side of the family, boyfriends, girlfriends, jobs, etc. Let's just kind of do it on a day that I know we're all available because last year I saw Zoe for a little bit on Christmas Eve day and on Christmas Day I saw my son for a couple hours and I want to say that's the first Christmas I've ever seen them separately on Christmas holiday. So I, w- I prefer to have them together. It just, you know, feels more reminiscent of days of yore. Happy golden days of yours. That said, I did, I know I've said in previous episodes that I wasn't going to put up a Christmas tree or any Christmas decorations this year, but with my mom coming to visit from South Carolina for Thanksgiving, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put up a tree just for mom, no other decorations, just a tree, so that's been up since a few days before she got here for Thanksgiving, and I've just left it up. I'm like, well, screw it, I'll just leave it up for whenever I see the kids for Christmas, which now we know is going to be two days before Christmas, so let's just say there's a very high likelihood that my tree will be completely disassembled and stored no later than Christmas Eve. Definitely will not still be up on Christmas Day. That's just, you know, how things are. Just want to further illustrate how I actually feel about the holiday versus the obligation of what's on my calendar. Hang a shining star upon the highest bar. I do really quick want to make a mention to a TV show or a movie. I don't know what you would call it. It's about 50 minutes long, but it's called Who Killed Santa? And apparently it's part of this Netflix series that came out with six episodes called Murderville with Will Arnett playing this detective. And they bring in celebrities that don't have a script. They don't know what's going on, whereas the actors on the set do. And it's the celebrity's job to try and figure out who the murderer is by the end. But this holiday special, Who Killed Santa? It is friggin' hilarious. I've already watched it twice. I've laughed my ass off both times. I will be watching it again. But if you've not seen it on Netflix, just go look for Who Killed Santa? Thank me later. I do want to warn you, this is R-rated, so do not watch with your small children. I mean, I'm assuming you probably wouldn't, given that the title is Who Killed Santa? But you never know. All right, so before we get to today's topic, I want to remind everybody that you can go follow me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Also, a reminder that at the end of this episode, I will play last year's Christmas special, so you'll kind of hear the intro again, but it's a different intro than the normal intro because it was a special. Anyway, you're going to hear that at the end, and then I will play Ba Effing Humbug at the end end after the last year's Christmas special. God, that's so much explaining. All right, so on to today's topic. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus right down Santa Claus Lane. He 
He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys and girls again. Ho, 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 ho. So, in addition to the special theatrical Christmas episode that I put out last year, there was also an episode, a few episodes before that, that discussed kind of common Christmas traditions. That was more about, like, shopping, Christmas songs, things like that. I'm going to do my best to not reiterate any of the stuff I discussed on that episode. I did not go listen to that episode, but I read the synopsis, so I, I feel like I didn't dive into Santa that much, but I apologize if anyone, for some reason, really remembers that episode and is like, wow, Jeff, you mentioned the same thing twice. It's going to happen, people. This is episode 102. You're going to hear some of the same shit more than once. My brain is not going to remember, or things are just going to come up and be relevant more than once, like when, you know, a holiday that comes around once in a year is taking place. But again, this will be very focused on just Santa Claus, the origins, different variations of names that he's taken, the Americanization of Santa Claus into our culture and routine Christmas celebrations. So let's get to some of the obvious things we know about Santa Claus right now here in the year 2022, almost 2023, after countless thousands and thousands of movies, cartoons, TV shows, specials, books, Happy Meals, all these things that portray Santa Claus. We all have a very consistent image of Santa Claus. We know that, well, he's pretty old, despite being immortal. Apparently, before he was, you know, became immortal, he was allowed to age very well into the geriatric period of his life. We know that Santa Claus is fat. He has a weight problem. Probably has diabetes. I don't know. Just because he's immortal doesn't mean he can't get diabetes. Just gonna have to suffer with it for eternity. But he loves those cookies and milk. Maybe if he would cut back one year and maybe only eat at every third house the cookies and milk, maybe his diabetic issues wouldn't be such a challenge. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. We know that Santa Claus lives at the North Pole, and he lives there with his wife, Mrs. Claus. What's Mrs. Claus's first name? That's right, no one fucking knows because she's just a woman. No one gives a shit about her first name. So yeah, if you're somebody who believes in equality, gender equality, you don't like sexism, maybe you shouldn't partake in the fact that Mrs. Claus was never given a first name. We also know that Santa Claus runs a sweatshop. I mean, a toy shop. And in that toy shop, there are a ton of Elves, little people that make all the toys that are given to the children all around the world. They must be busy AF 24 7, 365 days a year. It's a lot of toys, gotta be a lot of elves. And honestly, how has the word elves not been subject to ridicule by all of the PC culture? You can't say midget. I don't know if you can say dwarf, maybe. I think little people is the current preferred vernacular, but elves, that's perfectly fine. And we know we're implying basically. Dwarves, midgets, little people that are, you know, being held captive to make toys nonstop for all of the children around the world. Man, this is some bullshit! Boo this man! We know that Santa Claus has flying magical reindeer, and these reindeer transport him around the earth in one night, one time a year. Again, a little bit more slave driving from the old jolly big guy there. Not just the elves, he probably actually whips the deer. Somebody call PETA. And of course, as he whips them, they have to drag this huge sleigh that has the weight of every single toy for every child in the world, not to mention the weight of Santa's diabetic fat ass. We know that 
Santa wears a red suit and a red hat that all are made up with fluffy white trim. He has a gigantically wide black leather belt that is actually more designed to hold his coat closed than to actually hold his pants up. He also has black boots and he likes to accessorize with white gloves and wire-rimmed glasses. Speaking of wire-rimmed glasses, you know, that kind of sucks. He's immortal, but why doesn't he have perfect vision? He can live forever. So this kind of goes back to my whole diabetes thing. If he can not have perfect vision, then I would assume he's also susceptible to diabetes. So of course, Santa, we will get into this in more detail, but Santa is derivative of the Christian religion. Obviously, Christmas got the word Christ in it. But let's look at some of the similarities between Santa and God. Not Jesus, God. Back to immortality, they are both immortal, and typically they're both perceived to have a long white beard and be elderly and be a man. They both offer great reward for good behavior and punishment or no reward for bad behavior. Here's an interesting one. If you unscramble the word Santa, it spells God. Oh, wait, no, that actually spells Satan. That's not a similarity. My bad. Shouldn't have been in this list. Both Santa Claus and God are omniscient, which means they know friggin' everything. God knows everything. He can hear your prayers, supposedly. Not that he really grants them. Otherwise, every Super Bowl would end in a tie because God wouldn't be able to decide since both teams are praying to the same God to win. Ah! All right, not going to go down that road. But Santa, same way. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so you better be good for goodness sake. Both God and Santa live somewhere that human eyes will never see, so kind of a fantasy land. Both of them have magical powers. Both are, I guess, technically considered to be creators because Santa Claus is responsible for the creation of all the toys for all the girls and boys around the world. God is, of course, responsible for creating humanity and the world and the universe, despite the fact that after a short while he decided, I'm just going to kind of wipe out this whole planet, leave one guy alive, but I'm going to make him go fire all these animals first. Slave driver much? Oh, there's another similarity. Both God and Santa have a lot of songs written about them and how awesome they are. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. The final similarity I'll give you between God and Santa Claus is that they both have a clear disdain for Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, or pretty much any other non-Christian religion, oh, which would be oh evidenced in their complete disassociation with all of these groups. So, of course, you know, as a parent, there's always, you know, you want to try and keep that magic of Santa alive, and it's like, when is the time that I finally come clean with my kid? Or maybe you're a shitty, irresponsible parent, and you're like, I hope someone tells him on the bus so I don't have to tell him myself. Is that how you want them to find out about sex and pregnancy and drugs as well is on the bus? Let's communicate with our kids, people. Being that I work at a school right now, you know, I'm around kids that are everywhere from the ages of like 5 to 17. So a whole wide array, and it has to be handled delicately. I remember when my kids were starting to hear, my daughter is one year older than my son, and she was kind of starting to believe because she had started to hear around school that Santa Claus didn't exist because it just seemed a little far-fetched once you get 
a little older and you start to think about it, just kind of doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, these toys aren't magically appearing. That's actually my parents buying them for me. And I'll be honest with you, I hated the fact every Christmas that I was busting my ass and buying all these presents for my kids as a single father and Santa was supposed to get all the friggin' credit. My ass? No. Santa would have some presents that were for them, but the rest were from dad. I'm getting that friggin' credit. But anyway, so one day I remember them sitting down in the kitchen. They're still relatively little. I don't know, maybe like 10 and 11 or 9 and 10. Um, and they're asking me about Santa Claus and they're like asking me, is he real? And I just kind of answered a question with a question. I said, well, what do you think? And they're like, well, we don't we don't really know, but we're, we don't think maybe that he's real anymore. And I decided in that moment that I guess this is the time right now. I'm just going to come clean. I'm not going to bullshit them anymore. They already have their doubts. But the way that I kind of put it to them was I said, you know, here's what it is. Santa is a representation of the Christmas spirit of goodness, of generosity, of giving. So even if you don't believe in a physical manifestation of a big fat man that magically flies around the world once a year, it doesn't mean you still can't believe in what Santa represents. So there's a way to believe in Santa without actually having to believe in what societal stories and commercial products and everything else this time of year would have you believe. And I felt like I handled that pretty well and it seemed to go well with the kids. And I know that in talking to them after the fact over the years as they've gotten older, I don't think they look back on that as like a holy shit devastation day. Dad just ruined my life. But let's also not forget, I just gave you a lot of similarities between God and Santa. I've made it very clear that I don't really believe in God. I used to. I was raised very Catholic and then, you know, kind of sampled some other Christian denominations over recent years. But it's been a real long time since I've truly believed that a God actually exists. But that's because it's kind of the whole Santa Claus thing to me, where it's like, I just got to a point where I'm like, I just can't believe in this magic anymore because there's really no evidence of it. You're supposed to be faith, Jeff. You don't need evidence when you have faith. Yes, but at what point do you stop having faith in something when the evidence is so overwhelming in the other direction? All right, again, not going to go down this road. What I actually want to point out is I want to talk about the physics behind Santa Claus's one day a year journey around the world and how completely preposterous it is and unbelievable. And in fact, I'm actually going to be very honest. I'm stealing a lot of these facts from a segment that the radio broadcaster Glenn Beck did. This would have been maybe like 20 years ago, maybe more. I don't know. But he did this little bit on a radio show where it was Stephen Hawking, the wheelchair bound genius that kind of speaks through a digital voice, giving his physics of the night of Santa Claus's trip around the world. Now, I don't want to steal Glenn Beck's clip. I don't own the rights to it. So I'm going to give you a lot of facts from that clip, but I want to make sure I give credit to that. It is a hilarious clip. If you do want to go listen to it, just go to YouTube and search Stephen Hawking Santa Claus. So let's start out with the workload. We're not, at this point, we're not even counting all the toy making that has to go down during the year. We're simply talking about the delivery on Christmas Eve. So there's around 2 billion children on the planet. Now, let me remind you that Santa completely ignores all of the children who aren't Christian or the ones who weren't good. So this is going to eliminate about 80% of all the kids on the planet, which means Santa's actually only going to roughly 20% of the children in the world. Man, this is some bullshit! Boo this man! 
kind of seems like he's underperforming, but this would result in him serving approximately 380 million kids in one night. And also we have to look at the fact that there's an average of around 3.5 kids in each household. So that would leave him with about 91.8 million homes that he needs to visit in one night. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Now, he will have 31 hours to deliver all of the toys thanks to time zones and the fact that the Earth rotates and, of course, assuming that he's traveling east to west. So, 31 hours, 91.8 million homes. This would mean that Santa would have to make the equivalent of 822.6 visits per second. That's a lot. That would be one one one-thousandth of a second that he has at every single house to get out of the sleigh, squeeze his ass down the chimney, drop off the toys, stuff the stockings, eat the cookies, drink the milk, go back up the chimney, get back in the sleigh, check his sugar level, because of course we now know he's diabetic, and make his way to the next house. Yes, that includes travel to the next house. One one thousandth of a second per home. Now, in order to accomplish this, that means the sleigh would have to travel at approximately 650 miles per second. That would be 3,000 times the speed of sound. Now, let's not forget about the weight of all of the freaking gifts that Santa's taking. So let's just assume that every present for every child he's taking is only two pounds. Not that heavy. But with 380 million kids, that would mean that that would be approximately 353,000 tons that he's carrying around, at least when he gets started. It'll get lighter as he goes. But in addition, he's got to do that. Well, not him. Those daggum reindeer got to pull that sleigh at 650 miles per second with 353,000 tons worth of toys. Not to mention the weight of the sleigh and Santa's fat ass. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Given all of that and looking at the physics, with air resistance and speed, that would mean that the reindeer would be traveling so fast that they would essentially heat up the same way that a spacecraft would when it re-enters the atmosphere. This gets really technical right here, but the leading pair of reindeer would absorb 14.2 quintillion joules of energy per second and would instantaneously burst into flames, which would now expose the next pair of reindeer behind them, all of this happening while creating sonic booms in their wake. The entire team of reindeer would be vaporized in only 4.26 thousandths of a second. So, guess we're not even getting to the first house. Here comes... All of this to say, not looking good for the myth. And also, a very good thing that young kids can't do calculus. All right, so now we're going to talk about the origins of Santa Claus. Well, we're going to also talk quickly about the origins of Christmas, because without Christmas, you don't have Santa Claus. So the first historical evidence of something like Christmas being celebrated, or rather on December 25th, would go back to the 3rd century. So I'm guessing, yeah, that would be like the year 200 through 300 AD. But Romans would celebrate the birth of mirth. That's fun to say. The birth of mirth. But mirth was their sun god. Yes, that's right. They weren't celebrating a standard Christian god, a sun god, and they celebrated mirth on December 25th. Pagans would also do celebrations around that time or even on December 25th due to things like the winter solstice, but they were always kind of discounted because essentially a pagan is someone who doesn't follow the standard, normal, secular, religious beliefs and faiths. So let's kind of move forward to like what would be Christmas trees or the history of Christmas trees. So way back then when we were 
were talking about, both pagans and Romans would celebrate the winter solstice with evergreen trees that would survive the cold temperatures and something they would see as bringing a promise of the next spring and obviously when the next harvest would be. And it would also be in a way to honor their gods. Yes, plural, gods, mirth being one of them. The current Christmas tree tradition that we know today started in Northern Europe with uh, Germanic pagans. Doesn't mean they lived in German. I think back then that was more of a region, but the Germanic pagans would decorate evergreen trees with fruit and lighted candles. That, to me, sounds like a recipe for disaster. Hey, you know what would be really good in this dried out Christmas tree? Some fire. Here it comes. We're going to fast forward into the 1500s. At this point, now German Christians would carry on this tradition with evergreen trees in their home around this time of year, and they would decorate it with candy and with toys and with lights. Hopefully not fire lights. Now, getting back to Santa, as we know, Santa is inspired by St. Nicholas, who is a Christian figure. So again, yes, Santa is very derivative and associated with the Christian religion. Ask a Jew if they've ever gotten a Christmas present from Santa Claus. Pretty sure the answer's gonna be a big no. So anyway, St. Nicholas was born around the year 280 AD in the Middle East, and he was persecuted and imprisoned because of his Christian faith. But prior to his persecution and his imprisonment, when St. Nicholas was a little younger, he was actually born to wealthy parents, and he would often just share his wealth with the commoners, and they thus considered him to be very generous and giving, which would kind of lead to the idea of Santa Claus giving toys to people. There's actually one story about St. Nicholas, where it talks about three women that were about to be sold into slavery because their father could not afford the dowry to marry them off. Yes, I know. What's a dowry? I know. It's not the 1930s anymore. Sorry, people. But apparently St. Nicholas heard about this, didn't want these girls being sold into slavery. He walked past their house and he tossed a gold coin into an open window of their home. Apparently the gold coin landed on a sock that was drying next to the fireplace. Thus, in the future, the kids in the area would start hanging socks by their fireplace, hoping that St. Nicholas would toss a present or a gold coin into it. That's where we get stockings. What? After St. Nicholas died, the Swiss and German cultures, those pesky Germans started telling stories of St. Nicholas. In Germany, they would talk about Sinterklaas. That would be S-I-N-T-E-R-K-L-A-A-S. Very German. Almost as German as Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum. Actually, the Klaas, K-L-A-A-S, is the shortened name for Nicholas in German. So Sinter being Saint, Klaas being Nicholas. And Sinterklaas would deliver gifts to well-behaved children with an accomplice. He didn't do it alone. He was accompanied by Kris Kringle. So no, Kris Kringle and Santa Claus, not one and the same. Two different people. Kris Kringle actually translates in German to Christ child. So I don't know if baby Jesus was delivering presents with Sinterklaas or if it was just a kid that was Christ-like. I don't know how that works. But as I mentioned, they also told stories about Santa in Sweden, or Saint Nick rather, and they actually celebrated someone called Jultompton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Jultompton was a very happy elf who delivered toys in a sleigh. So now that's where we get the elf and the sleigh. We just later dumped the ridiculous name Jultumpton. I'd like to buy a vowel, please. So remember, this would have most likely been around the 14, 1500s that this was going on. So now let's look at America. When did Christmas come to the Americas? 
So originally Americans and new settlers, they actually rejected the idea of Christmas due to its ties to pagan beliefs, which would be, you know, the winter solstice. Those daggum pagans. You know what the deal is? What we got to do is we got to go down to the religious supply store. We got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. No, no. We got to then we got to go to the market. We got to get ourselves a couple of those big strings. You know, they string that garlic. A couple big strings of garlic. We got to get ourselves some fresh lamb's blood. And then we got to. Ray, do you I'm want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Ray, you're chanting. Ray. Ray, look. Ray. Unconscious chanting. You're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. But the Dutch first brought over the tradition of Sinterklaas in the 1600s. And in the 1700s, the Germans, those Germans are at it again, brought over the tradition of Christmas trees or the evergreen trees. Christmas really didn't finally start to take hold in America until the early 1800s. So kind of like almost the Wild West era. And this primarily happened because author Washington Irving wrote a story about a dinner party that reminisced about old Christmas traditions, which none of these Christmas traditions existed. It was fictional, but then people read the story and they're like, oh, these traditions sound awesome. Let's start celebrating them every single year. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Then shortly after that, in 1822, the poet Clement Clark Moore wrote a poem for his daughters about Sinterklaas, and particularly about how Sinterklaas visited their home during Christmas Eve and left toys for them. Yay! Also, for the first time, adding the magical aspect of flying around on a sleigh, and this is what we now know as the night before Christmas. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eye should appear... But a miniature sleigh, and, and and Eddie, with a man in his pajamas, and a dog chain tied to his wrists and ankles. What the? <laughs> And in case you didn't already do the math when I brought up 1822, that was only 200 years ago. So in the scheme of time and the world, this whole concept, not been around very long at all. So now we're going to jump ahead to 1881, which would have been about 16 years after the end of the Civil War. But Coca-Cola hired an artist, Thomas Nast, N-A-S-T, Nast, Nast, I don't know, I didn't look it up. But they wanted him to make an ad for Coca-Cola. So in this ad, Thomas Thomas Nast drew a rotund, bearded Santa who was with his wife and surrounded by worker elves. This ad created what we now envision as Santa Claus. So technically, Santa Claus, not Saint Nick, not Sinterklaas, the one we celebrate now, is credited to Thomas Nast in the attempt to sell a drink that, at the time, had cocaine in it. Cocaine? What's it do? It turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. I'm thinking maybe I'd like to try me some of that cocaine. And the last thing I'll mention, which will I'll just be reiterating from my Christmas traditions episode last year, is that, you know, Christmas songs as we know it and the wrapping of presents and all of the commercialization of Christmas, that didn't really start until about 80 years ago during World War II. So again, all of this stuff that we call tradition, it's only a couple generations old. Our great-great-great-great-grandparents had no idea who the fuck Santa Claus was. They never understood the concept of wrapping presents. 
or buying a Christmas card for someone, or songs like White Christmas, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Here Comes Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. Are you just going to keep listing Christmas songs? No, I'm done. So let's summarize everything that we've discussed. We now know that Santa Claus is based on just simply a slew of stories and an advertisement illustration for a drink with cocaine in it. Stings the nostrils. And let us be very clear, in the current version of Christmas that we celebrate, Santa Claus is absolutely the number one image and representation of Christmas. Not Jesus, even though supposedly it's supposed to celebrate Jesus' birthday. But let's not forget the fact that Jesus was totally not born on December 25th. Well, very low likelihood. Let's put it that way, because a lot of historians, they don't even know what year Jesus was born, let alone the day. Other historians will say that they think that he was born in the spring. The only reason we're really using that day is to conflict with those pagans and their winter solstice, and also it happened to be the same day that the Romans celebrated mirth. So yeah, this sounds like a good day. You guys free on December 25th? Okay, put it on your calendar. But all of this that I'm talking about, this proves the power of influence and advertising, making this absolute icon out of a completely fictitious character instead of Jesus, which we're supposed to be celebrating his birth on Christmas. I guarantee you if I asked the average American to name three things that they would expect to see around Christmas time. Let's just say I'm even going to ask the average Christian American things they would expect to see around Christmas time. I'm assuming most of the things that would make the list would be Santa Claus, lights, presents, trees, sales like Black Friday, toys, snow, ornaments, an elf on a shelf. I'm guessing baby Jesus probably falling off of most of those lists if you only give people three options. Also, for the hardcore Christians out there that like to post things on social media or put a sticker in the back of your car or a sign out front of your house that says keep Christ in Christmas, let me remind you that the commercialism of the Christmas season is 100% contradictory to Jesus' teachings. You are definitely not celebrating his birthday when you spend money on toys, lights, cards, unnecessary decorations, etc. Also, by even recognizing Santa, since he's kind of become the icon for Christmas, you're kind of violating a commandment, which would be, you know, thou shalt not worship false gods. Well, Santa's like a false god. He's magical. He brings things to you. No one goes to the mall to get their picture with baby Jesus during Christmas. Everyone goes to the mall to get their picture with Santa Claus. And so, as a blasphemer, you are to be stoned to death. This isn't me just being an asshole and anti-religious or anti-faith. This is me pointing out the obvious facts and truths about our modern society and the hypocrisy that, of course, is associated with it. But again, the fact that we you know, are celebrating Santa Claus instead, I mean, how would you like it if you were born in May, but everyone decided we're just going to have your birthday celebration in December? But we're, you know, it's, I guess it's technically your birthday party, but we're actually going to bring in some people in costumes, and that's who everyone's going to pay attention to. Also, everybody at the party getting presents. You're not getting any more than anybody else. Oh. Do you not think Jesus may be a teen? 
weensy, weensy bit annoyed. But again, this just reminds me why I totally hate celebrating calendar holidays, obligations, just like I talked about with my kids that I would rather just do things for them or get them things when they've deserved it or earned it. The fact is, in a true Christian spirit, generosity and giving and what you call Christmas spirit, those should be 365 days a year, not just one day or one little season, which is all focused on nostalgia and commercialism. All right, I've done enough bitching about things. I've blown the cover on Santa completely, and that's going to wrap this up. I will come back and join you after the re-airing that I'm going to do right now of last year's Christmas special. I hope you enjoy it. If you didn't already hear it, if you did, I want you to make this an annual tradition. It's very funny. This is my reimagining of the story of the three wise men on their way to visit baby Jesus. Enjoy. What's that sound, Daddy? I don't know, son. Let's take a look. Oh, we have carolers, Timmy. Yay! Thank you, thank you, Merry Christmas. Wave goodbye to them, Timmy. That was cool, Daddy. Yes, son, that was a very special bonus for our Christmas Eve together. Can we watch TV now? I want to watch Rudolph. (sighs) I'm sorry, son. I told you that the power was shut off, so sadly, no, we can't watch any TV right now. When will we have power again? That's a good question. As soon as Daddy can find the money to pay the electricity people, I guess. Is that why it's so cold at your house? Yes, son, but at least we have each other this Christmas. Wait! I have some money in my piggy bank. (laughs) That's very sweet of you, Timmy. You're a kind young man. But I don't think that's going to be enough to pay the electricity people. Did your boss forget to pay you? No, son. Daddy got laid off. Do you know what laid off means? Is that like nap time? No, no. It's when a company tells you to go fuck yourself after 14 years of dedication. Daddy, you said a wordy dirt. Sorry, Timmy. Daddy gets a little mad sometimes and says bad things. It's okay. I do that too. Like last night, I dropped my toy in the potty and said poop. (laughs) So that's why the toilet won't flush. I'm sorry, Daddy. I promise I tried to get it out. And I guess that also explains why your pajamas were smeared with dry shit this morning. Daddy, that's another bad word. (sighs) Who's that, Daddy? I don't know, son. Uh, yes? Can I help you? Uh, yeah. Hi, sorry to be here on Christmas Eve and all, but I'm, uh, I'm here to repossess your vehicle, sir. You're... wait, really? Sorry, man. I know I'm always the bad guy and I hate it. Looks like the order is from, uh, let me check the paperwork. Oh yeah, Members Second Credit Union. Please, if you could maybe even just come back tomorrow. No can do. I'm here now, you're here now, and the car is here now. I got orders. 
promise I'm just trying to do my job here. I really am. But I'm gonna need the keys to the vehicle. Sir, it's Christmas Eve. Trust me, I know. You think this is how I want to be spending my Christmas Eve? But this is my last pickup for today, so what do you say, pal? Make this a little easier on me so I can get home to my family? Who is it, Daddy? Is he your friend? Oh, hey, little guy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, no, son. He's, uh, he's here to fix my car, so he's gonna pick it up and take it to a shop. But, Daddy, how are we gonna get Christmas breakfast tomorrow? It's okay, buddy. We'll, we'll figure something out. Be a good boy and go get Daddy's keys for me. They're on the kitchen counter. Okay. If I could just get you to sign here. Maybe flip on a porch light if you want to double-check the info. I wish I could. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you not making a thing of it. Here you go, Daddy. Thanks, son. Here. Thanks. Hey, have a Merry Christmas, all right? Sure thing. You too. Sorry, buddy, but I think we may need to call your mom and have her come get you. But why, Daddy? I thought we were gonna wait for Santa together. Oh, I know. Maybe next year. But it's getting pretty cold in here, and now I can't even drive us to get food tomorrow. I just think you'll be warmer and happier with Mommy. You can keep me warm, Daddy. Here, I'll snuggle you and make sure you stay warm, too. You're a good boy, Timmy. I love you. I love you, too, Daddy. Daddy? Yes, son? Will you tell me a Christmas story? <laughs> sure, I, I guess I can do that. Do you want to hear the story of Rudolph? No, I know that story. Tell me about the smart men. The smart men? I don't think I know that one. You know, Daddy, the ones who found Jesus. Oh, <laughs> the wise men. Yeah, those guys. Do you know that story, Daddy? Yeah, I suppose I do. Maybe not all the details, but I, I think I remember how it goes. Yay! It all started in the spring of year zero. Why is it the year zero? Well, son, we base our calendar years on when Jesus was born. So this would have been the year zero from a historical perspective. That's weird. And how can it be spring? Why wasn't it winter, Daddy? Let's just say don't believe everything you read, buddy. <laughs> I don't know how to read, Daddy. Jesus, do you want to hear the story or not? Yes. It all started in the spring of year zero. <clears throat> Jesus had just been born in Bethlehem, a small village in Palestine, known at the time as Judea. In Jerusalem, King Herod had heard of a finger quotes savior being born that would no doubt replace and dethrone him. Shortly after Jesus' birth, three lost wise men came to Jerusalem and asked where they could find the newborn king of the Jews, as they had seen a star in the east and been following it to worship him. It was now apparent that they were only lost because they had been trying to follow a fucking star in a sky that constantly changes positions due to the Earth's rotation. Upon learning of the wise men's arrival in Jerusalem, King Herod summoned them. Bring me the wise men! No, I wasn't finished. King Herod summoned them in secret. Bring me the wise men. On request, the three wise men met with King Herod and were instructed to seek out the child so the king could worship him. Unfortunately, the wise men weren't wise enough to realize that they had just accepted a mission to find a baby so he could be killed by a paranoid king. They set out on their journey, continuing to follow a star, like a bunch of jackasses. Jesus, it's getting cold out here. Why are you talking to Jesus? We haven't even seen him yet. I don't fucking know, Balthazar. It's just a figure of speech. Quit asking me so many dumb fucking questions. Jeez, somebody's touchy tonight. 
So, uh, w- what did you get as a gift? I'm not trying to compare dicks here, but I don't want to show up looking like a douchebag. What's a douchebag? I don't fucking know. You and these stupid questions. Come on, fess up. What'd you get him? I brought some myrrh. Myrrh? What the fuck, boy? <laughs> that shit is for dead people. You know we're going to see a baby, right? I mean, what kind of message is that going to send? Hey, Melchior, you hear that? Dipshit here brought fucking myrrh for our new lord and savior. Definitely an odd choice. I'll give you that. It's not that odd. Jeez. What did you bring to give him if you're so smart, then? I brought a fucking metric shit ton of frankincense, if you must know. Frankincense? Oh, I think that smells awful. Yeah, well, you would. You're fucking breathing in dead people fumes all the goddamn time with your fucking myrrh. At least I know I ain't showing up with a gift that says, congrats on pushing our savior out of your twat. Here's some shit for when he dies of your poor parenting techniques. I think they'll like it. Frankincense is so 5 BC. What the fuck is BC? You hear this, Melchior? This kid's lost his goddamn mind. Definitely a very entertaining spat you two have going on. So, uh, what about you, Melchior? What'd you bring? I already know I got this dipshit beat. Hey! Well, I prefer not to say. Come on. We already know Balthazar's showing up with fucking myrrh, so unless you brought five pounds of old donkey shit, you got nothing to worry about. Oh, I'd, I'd rather not say. You can tell us we're BFFs now. What the fuck does that mean? All right, stop bickering. I'll tell you. I brought some gold. What? Gold? Dude, we had a $20 limit. What the fuck? I don't even know what $20 is. You kept saying that, and I know I was nodding, but I really didn't know what you meant. It's fine, of course. They're going to like having some gold. Well, yeah, of course. I'd like to have some fucking gold. That's some bullshit right there. Wait a minute. I can no longer see the star. It appears the clouds have cloaked it. Perhaps we should set up camp for the night and start anew tomorrow. Dude, it's the same direction we've been going this whole time. The cloud's gonna fucking move soon. I'm actually pretty tired. Yes, yes, I think camp is a good idea. Fine, you fucking pussies. And you, Melchior, you gold piece of shit. You can handle the fire since this is your dumbass idea. Uh, Of course, I would be happy to do so. Oh, no. What has happened, Balthazar? I think my blanket fell off the horse when we were riding. Does anyone have an extra blanket? Sorry, young Balthazar, but alas, I only have the one. I got two, but only because I like to sleep with two. Maybe try to cover yourself up with some of your fucking myrrh. (laughs) And so it took the three wise men, what should have been two weeks, two months to travel the land, primarily because they continued to follow a fucking star, along with the fact that they were complete morons. Eventually, they could see Bethlehem on the horizon. Before we arrive, I should tell you that I had a very ominous dream last night. That sounds scary. Yes, it it was, young Balthazar. I dreamt that King Harad was not a good man, and perhaps we should not report any findings back to him. Are you fucking serious, dude? I knew that asshole was a piece of shit based on his weak-ass handshake. Didn't take a fucking rocket scientist to figure out he was full of shit. What's a rocket scientist? Very well, as long as we all agree we're not going to disclose our savior's whereabouts. Dude, I ain't no fucking rat. The three wise men rode their last few miles into Bethlehem, dehydrated, starving, and with an enormous disdain for each other. They rode to the center of town, where they were greeted by Joseph, the husband of their savior's mother. Yay! 
Yes, you made it. Thanks for coming, guys. Indeed. It's been a very long journey. Man, I, I, I gotta ask you, I'm sorry, but is it for real that your wife said she got pregnant because God did it? I mean, I've only been in town a few minutes, but I've already been hearing cuckold rumors about you. Yeah, that is how it happened. I was out working late at night and came home, and she said God made her pregnant. But it is kind of weird how much Jesus looks like Mr. Jenkins who lives up the road. It's it's fine. We don't want to shame you, do we, Caspar? Whatever. So where's the baby? He's in here, but it's not really a baby anymore. He's two. Where'd you come up with that name Jesus anyway? I ain't never heard that one before. She came up with it. Sounds a little like Jenkins, don't you think? Yeah, kind of does. Stop it, Caspar. Do you want to meet Mary? That would be excellent. Honey, these three kings came to see the baby. Hello, fair mother of our Lord and Savior. We have come to give respect and worship to your newborn son. He ain't newborn, dumbass. He's two. To your toddler, then. It's an honor to meet you. Yeah, thanks. It's nice to meet you, too. Damn, Joseph. She kind of got a deep voice, don't she? She's a heavy smoker. So, uh, uh, Mary, Mother Mary, you think it's okay if we uh, see the kid? We've been riding for quite some time. Yes, and we have many fine gifts to bestow upon him. Yeah, sure. I'll go get him. Here's the special bundle of joy. Well, hey there, little guy. Aren't you a handsome feller? Yes, he is quite fetching indeed. Super fetching, I second that. May we share our gifts with him? Sure. Jesus, you want some presents? Mom, mom. He hasn't learned a lot of words yet. Cook, cook. I don't really like it when he calls me that. All right, well, who wants to go first? I shall go first. I figure you showboating piece of shit. Shit. No, Jesus, don't say that. That's not a nice word. Cook, cook. Way to go, Caspar. My lord and savior, I would like to present to you some gold. Wow, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Shit. I, on the other hand, actually stuck to our agreed-upon $20 limit, and my present to you is a whole hell of a lot of frankincense. Oh, that will help make the apartment smell better. Jesus has had explosive diarrhea for a couple weeks now. Oh, my. Maybe you should take him to see a doctor. What's a doctor? That's a very kind gift. Thank you, King Caspar. Anytime, darling. So what do you have for Jesus, King Balthazar? Jeez, I'm a little embarrassed to say at this point. Oh, just get on with it. All right. I brought you some myrrh. Ooh, myrrh. I love myrrh. Yeah, myrrh is awesome. You gotta be fucking shitting me. See, I told you. Shut the fuck up. I concur. Shut the fuck up, Balthazar. Jeez. Well, thank you so much for all these nice gifts. Yeah, you guys are super swell. You are quite welcome. Would you like to hold Jesus before you leave? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna take a hard pass on that one. Yes, I, I agree with Caspar. We've already taken up enough of your time. Sorry, I just beat this robe over a rock last week, and I don't want to get it all covered in stuff. Whatever. It's been very nice meeting the three of you. Please enjoy your gifts and take care of our young savior. See ya. Thanks for coming, and for all the lovely presents. Take it easy, y'all. Oh, oh, quick side note. There's a uh, psychotic king that may or may not want to find Jesus and then kill him. Kind of an alpha dog complex. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's 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 not good. You might want to think about packing up shit, baby, there and getting the fuck out of Dodge. This isn't Dodge. This is Bethlehem. Yes, what is this Dodge you speak of, Caspar? I'm quite perplexed. It's a figure of fucking speech, you dumb shits. That's no way to speak to our Savior's father. <laughs> Who, him? He ain't that kid's dad. You want to tell him, Joseph? It's a pretty fucking funny story. No, that's okay. Cut, cut. 
And so our three wise men departed Bethlehem, having given gifts and worship to the new Lord and Savior. Sadly, having no star to follow on the return trip, Kings Melchior, Caspar, and Balthazar all died of fatigue and starvation less than a week after leaving Bethlehem. It would later be discovered by historians that their remains were found only two miles outside of Bethlehem, thus furthering the opinion that they had a horrible sense of navigation. So that's the story of the three wise men. What did you think, Timmy? Did you like it? Timmy? Timmy? What? What? Ooh. Oh, sorry, Daddy. I fell asleep. Are you kidding me? What's the last thing you remember? Um, something about the year zero? <sighs> that's it. I'm calling your fucking mother and telling her to come get you. But, Daddy, no! All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that re-airing of last year's Christmas special. I want to thank you guys for continuing to tune in, and I do hope that everybody has a safe and happy holiday season, despite the fact that it is all a fairy tale and really just an obligation to get you to spend money for no other reason than because the calendar says so. And don't forget that I'm going to wrap up this show at the very end with Ba Effing Humbug, an original Christmas comedy song I recorded about 20 years ago. The recording quality is awful. It was done on a little eight track, not a studio. Deal with it. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Hang a shining star upon the highest bar. And I'm Santa Claus. Ho 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 ho. Here comes. Good night. Hello, everybody. This here's my little song about Christmas. Or shall I say, Xmas. That's right. People call me humbug, but I must disagree. I just don't like the fucking holidays. Everyone wants cards and gifts and a big fancy tree. And in the stores, the Christmas music plays. Christmas time is here, just let me be. So I say bye, fucking humbug, kiss my ass and go to hell. I do not like Christmas, can't you tell? You can take that shiny bow and stick it up your ass. When Christmas time is here, I think I'll pass. It's right, humbug. People say that I'm a Grinch and I don't think that's fair Just cause I don't like fat men in red suits I just like to sit inside my trailer with a beer And sew up all the holes in these here boots Look at them I am a not celebratory When Christmas time gets here just leave me be Everybody sing it Buy a fucking humbug, kiss my ass and go to hell I do not like Christmas, can't you tell? You can take that pre-lit tree and stick it up your ass When Christmas time gets here, I think I'll pass We're gonna break it down for you Jug Solo Come on, Cletus.
It's a jug solo, so I ain't hear no lesson on how to clear your sinuses. Sorry, boss. Nasty fucker. Let's try that again. Damn, Cletus, what the hell you got in that there jug anyway? It just don't sound right. It's just moonshine, boss. Moonshine? You nasty fucker. Oh, well. We gave it a shot, people. I know it wasn't very good. Sorry about that. Blame Cletus. Now I want everybody to sing along with me here. We're gonna do it together. Everybody hate Christmas. Bye, fuck, come, fuck, kiss my ass and go to hell. I do not like Christmas, can't you tell? You can take that shiny bow and stick it up your ass. When Christmas time is here, I think I'll pass. And I say, bye, fucking humbug, kiss my ass and go to hell. I do not like Christmas, can't you tell? You can take up all those gifts and stick them up your ass. When Christmas time is here, I think I'll pass. Christmas time is here. And I'm gonna pass. No thanks, people. Stick it up your ass. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes.